Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Do you ever feel like you're settling? For your foundation, that is. Maybelline's new Instant Age Rewind Eraser Foundation doesn't settle into fine lines and wrinkles. With SPF 20 and moisturizing pro-vitamin B5, this foundation not only provides medium coverage and a natural finish, but also protects and nourishes your skin. And the best part? The blurring sponge tip applicator makes application a breeze. Say goodbye to cakey, uneven foundation and hello to a flawless, radiant complexion. Try our new foundation today and see the difference for yourself at Amazon.com slash Instant Eraser Foundation. Welcome to the Nerdist Podcast number 920. Uh, let's go to the Nerdist Community Cork Board straight away. This is one of the uh, very exciting parts of the intro where we reach out to you, the Nerdist Community, to promote things that maybe you have going on because you got stuff. Like, for instance, Lexotron on Reddit writes, This year I decided, and my wife encouraged me to do a thing after thinking about it for 10 years, make a real feature film. Valerie is the name of the film, is, is full of drama, motorcycle, suspense, action, comedy, action, and action. It's got a largely female cast with a strong female protagonist. After mob boss Victor's daughter Linda goes missing, he puts biker gang member Valerie on the case. When she discovers the reason for Linda's disappearance, Valerie must go up against her motorcycle gang, Linda's husband Bernie, and the entire mob in order to set things right. Since we're in Canada, this goes on, since we're in Canada, and it's really hard to ride motorcycles in the snow, we went into production in early October without any funding or budget. We've since launched an Indiegogo page to help cover our costs and compensate our absolutely amazing cast and crew for their time and dedication. I cannot stress this enough. Our team is fucking great. If you'd like to support independent film or are just interested in seeing a pretty kick-ass movie next year, swing by ValerieFilm.com. Even if you can't back us financially, it'd be super awesome if you could follow the project on Indiegogo to help spread the awareness. Very good. This also comes from Johnny Nash, who says, I'm associated with a comedy club called Rhino Comedy, of which was recently just opened up by a teacher in our area in Suffern, New York. We do improv shows once a month. I have open mics every Saturday and do improv drop-ins every Sunday. We're trying to expand. You can learn more at rhinocomedy.com. This is us doing a thing, and we hope you can help us with our thing. Well done, Johnny Nash. And you too, Nerdist Community. Whatever it is, you can do your thing. Do your thing. Come on. And then we'll promote it. And other people know about your thing. I'll be like, oh my god, I do a thing. I can't believe it. all I did was just a fucking thing. And you'll be like, it's so easy. I didn't even know that I could do a thing too. But I'm doing the thing. I'm in it now. Am I enjoying it? I don't know. Am I, do I have to get to a goal before I enjoy the thing? Or do I just need to enjoy the thing while it's happening? Do I need to enjoy my burrito, you might say? Um, I hope you understood most of those words. Because I fucking didn't. Will you tell me what I said, please, later? Um, this episode is... Dana Gould and Janet Varney, two people whom I adore. Um, Dana I've known since like 1991. Um, Dana is sort of one of the godfather voices of the alternative comedy movement in terms of like influence. You can, I think a lot of stuff traces, there's like a couple people like Dana and Bill Hicks and, you know, there's like a few, a few people that you can sort of trace 
and see kind of where their voices ended up and how they were expressed through uh, certain comics that you love now. I got a whole chart I can bore you with. Um, and also Janet Varney, one of my favorite people in the world. Um, I adore Janet. She is brilliant, talented, so fucking funny. One of the funniest human beings I know. And, uh, and it was really, really great to have her on. They are promoting Stand Against Evil, which Dana writes and showruns and Janet is a star of. It's Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on IFC and IFC.com. Please support the show. I love these people and I love that they are making the show and I want you to love it and support it so they can make more of the show. And also, Janet uh, not only was voice of Korra and The Legend of Korra, but also produces uh, one of the three co-producers of SF Sketchfest creator and producer, co-creator and co-producer of SF Sketchfest, probably the best um, independent comedy festival. I'm going to say even like the best comedy festival in the United States. Every January into February, go to sfsketchfest.com. Can't say enough good things about Janet Varney. So uh, here they are in the episode. And uh, also, I'm posting this the day after Thanksgiving. I hope you had a great Thanksgiving in 2017, unless you're listening to this in a time capsule as you uh, found some weird media, as you're drifting to Mars in the year 2119, knowing that you can probably never go back to Earth. But by that time, there's probably like pools and rec centers there and arcades. And so um, I, uh, I, I bid you a fond journey from the distant past or the absolute present for the Nerds Podcast number 920. Katie. Please roll the thing now. Now entering Nerdist.com. The only part of King Kong I don't believe is I believe the gorilla, I believe the dinosaurs, I, I don't believe it when the producer goes, we'll be millionaires, boys, I'll share it with all of you. We're going to take the gorilla back to Broadway, yeah, yeah. and he's going to be a star. There's a guy who's a makeup artist, I don't know his name, he's a friend of a friend, and he had the, we're at some nerd dinner one night, and he goes, they bring King Kong to New York. They open up the curtains, and there he is, and they take photos, and he smashes the chains and escapes. And he goes, if he didn't escape, what was the show? <laughs> <laughs> they hadn't really thought it through. They really, it's really, it's really based based yeah. And now, Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy. Yeah. <laughs> it's really true. You really kind of opened with the conclusion. You know, but though, but entertainment, entertainment, uh, <laughs> audiences back then were a lot more patient yeah. <laughs> for, for yeah. things. Uh, the, I think one of the funniest things I'd ever heard at Largo, in the old Largo, because I'd never heard anyone say this before, was Bob Odenkirk just systematically shitting on vaudeville. <laughs> because he was like, he was the first one ever who was like, it was the stupidest for the dumbest people. Like, he just went through, and the way he broke it down, I was like, oh yeah, I guess it probably wasn't that great. You know, like, if you just yeah, saw, yeah. like, a typical vaudeville show... Now you're like, what am so, I so, watching? It must, it must be something about that family because Bill would do this thing all the time. He goes, and he'd get rid of me. He goes, you know what I wish? If we were the Simpsons, would be at the table just like this. He goes, you know what I wish? Somebody should write a book about growing up in Brooklyn. 
in the 50s because I have no fucking idea what that much <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I just need the audience to know that Dana did the space work of getting up from the table and leaving. Yeah, that's right. Tell me well, about a fucking egg cream again. While shouting, shouting to himself. <laughs> yeah. While shouting to himself. But you do, t- you tend to enjoy gorilla based things. <laughs> I go, I, look, I have a wheelhouse. Yeah. <laughs> King Kong, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. My therapist could tell you why, but we're not going to get into that. <laughs> we don't really need to understand. What, I mean, I know it's fun to watch This an is animal. not a time for tears. I know it's fun to watch an animal peel fruit with its feet, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, I don't understand. Yeah. Um, uh, what, are, they that, are they that so far behind us, really? I mean, I think instead of, <laughs> instead of Us Magazine doing celebrities, they're so like us, it should just be chimps. Yeah. They're so yeah. like us. Well, especially now that you find out, like, dolphins masturbate and things like that. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are. They're just like us. Two, I wonder if dolphins are thinking about anything while they're masturbating, or if they're just <laughs> looking at a CNN enemy, just all gurgly, well, just, and they just start... You hear, you, hear a, you, hear, you hear a whale song, and then you translate it, it's like, okay, we're on a train, and you're a dolphin, and you're a dolphin I don't know. Wow. I'm sorry, did, you, did that whale just ask, are you close? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I just wanted to make sure... And the tonally, if I was hitting the right grade. I'm so glad you picked up on that. And the the dolphin goes... And then the whale repeats the last part again. Right, yeah. because the whale doesn't entirely understand dolphin, because dolphins always sound like they're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they don't really... Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, see? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to come real close. I am? Yeah, sure, see? And it's just a cloud. Oh, <laughs> cloud. No. They have to shame. That's why they swim so fast. They have to swim away from their own cum clouds, so no one... Yeah. Can blame it on them. They come clouds, by the way, at the Roxy. All they're week. great. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. touring with the opening for Butthole Surfers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you for the Stand Against Evil lunchbox that you brought, which thank is fantastic. Mm-hmm. We cheaped out. No thermos. No. Oh, man. That's all right. Yeah. You know, is there ever a child that puts soup in a thermos? Yeah, you just put it right in your lunchbox. Everyone knows you that. You just put Kids. the soup in there. Kids Drizzle it soup. right into yeah, your lunchbox. They, they <laughs> 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 that is the saddest thing to have in your lunchbox for some reason. Yeah. Soup. soup. So, yeah. I mean, it's functional, but not exciting. Not no. at all. Not exciting. Cup. That terrible plastic cup. Is John McGinley related to Ted McGinley in any way? Uh, I can only hope. He is friends of a... He is second cousin of a guy I, I've known for a long time. Uh, uh, Billy Cunningham. Is related to Ted McGinley? He's related to John McGinley. Oh, to John Ted McGinley. Is. Ted McGinley, of course, is the uh, actor who would famously... Soap? Well, no, he no, no. That's Ted Wass. Oh, right, you're right. Who was right. on McGinley Blossom? Boat, right, yeah. And Ted and McGinley was the guy who would always come in as a uh, sexy man character to freshen up a show, like in their fifth or sixth season. <laughs> like he came on to Happy Days. He came. Oh, on to, I know. He came mean. on to yeah, Married right, with, with Children. children yeah. Right, right, right. He was in Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. Uh, oh, that's right, Marcy. That was like Marcy's. That hot was Marcy's hot husband. After they husband. got rid of yeah. Steve. Yeah. Uh, then Revenge Ted- of the Nerds, which time is not kind to. No, that movie does not. <laughs> there are themes in that film yeah, that yeah. Uh, where you scenes in Animal House. Time is you're like, oh, yeah. oh, oh. Yeah. it's 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 te- it's best to not go back a lot yeah. of the time because comedy really does like have the context of. Oh, at the time, like a, people yeah, made like, these kinds of. It's like a bowl of tuna fish. But it's, it's great, great on the day. <laughs> comedy great is, on the day. <laughs> comedy is 
<laughs> Can we leave the <laughs> whale and dolphin masturbating thing behind well, uh, again, and I, move I, on I like from to, tuna fish? Like well, now the dolphin's feet. jerking off to the tuna bowl. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chicken tuna. of the sea. Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that'd be very exotic for a dolphin. Is choking the chicken of yes, the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it. Oh, how much money did we raise? I forget. <laughs> We're at negative a thousand dollars. I forget which charity, probably for the best. <laughs> took all their money back. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like gave it all yeah. back. I'm saying to someone now that now that you have your past, I will never see a withered chicken neck ejaculate dust again and not think of you, Hefner. <laughs> Like somewhere, you know, there's an 18-year-old girl who was his girlfriend when he died, and she's just trying to get over it, but she's turning on the television. Yep. But it's Halloween, so it's just the mummy and Dracula. <laughs> God, he's, he's everywhere I look. <laughs> See, and I can't stop thinking about uh, a mother dolphin who's walked in on her son dolphin <laughs> just as he's ejaculating to a bowl of tuna and then hearing, sorry, Charlie. Like, that's what I'm having a hard time that's what I'm having a hard time with. <laughs> Which translates to, you don't knock. And she's like, but there's no doors. Yeah, exactly. And I don't have hands. My, my, just apropos of nothing, my friend was in an airport and heard like a woman in French yelling at her kid. And the kid was going, oui. Désolé. Désolé. There was some, there, uh, there's... <laughs> There's a movie that I, I was going to ask you about that just came out, and it's called... Um, it's a James Whale movie. Uh, of Gods and Monsters? I can't... Nope. His last name is Whale? Come on. Yeah. This <laughs> wow. is so... I can't... Oh, oh I don't want any more sea creatures. Janet, I'm done. Janet Change picks his her battles. last name to yeah, something else. Janet picks her battles. James it, Dolphin. They, thank you. Mr. Thank you. Blowhole? Yes. Thank you. We named it that way on purpose. Um, uh, but James... Isn't that an old soul song? Mr. Blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is called, like... Uh, it, it, and it, it just, just came out. It just came out, and I don't know if it's a movie that didn't come out before or was remastered or something. But I just just saw it on iTunes, and I started watching it. And it's listed as a horror comedy, but it wasn't particularly funny. Um, James Whale movie, uh, and, and I know of Gods and Gods and yeah. Monsters is the like the, the biopic. Bi- the biopic. Um, fuck, what is it called? Uh, Katie, will you look that up? It just came out, and it's on iTunes. And it's called like. Did he? But it might not be it new. It he might, directed it's it. It's very just, old. Yeah, because oh, yeah, 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 he's dead. And because he died. I think Boris Karloff. I think Boris. The old Carla, dark house is a horror comedy that he directed. What is it called? The old dark house. The old dark house. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's been around. That's been. So, yeah. but it just re. It just they may have remastered it or something. But the, so, can you explain yeah. to me what the comedy part of that movie is? Well, it was, a, and it was an attempt. To, uh, it seems to be arsenic and old lace, just like a different version of it. it right. Was, it was a, it were like a Spooks RS. Like I think it was remade by Hope and Crosby in the forties as like uh, uh, Catch That Ghost or something like that. Gotcha. It's, it's pretty sweaty. It would be the. I think Gloria said. Stewart is in it yeah, too. She is, yeah, she is in it. Yeah, she's in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, but it's it's it, a whale of a good time. Hey, there you go. I'm good with it. Janet, I'm, made, I'm made peace with it. Janet, it's Janet's a movie, but what you're saying about, is it's a story yeah. without a purpose. Is hey, yes, yeah. exactly. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And then. Pretty sweaty. Yeah, I, I love really it. Like it that. is very sweaty. That's a great. It is very it, sweaty. That guy looks like Boris Karloff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like a there's a there's a like a drunken manservant who yes. just starts attacking people. Yeah. And so all the characters are very extreme. It's you know it's funny. It's rare that a movie from the 30s is basically remade in a much better way 50 years later. But you know. 
You know what that movie basically is, hmm. but it's a great movie, is Clue. Oh, oh, there you go. Kind of. Yeah. And Clue is great. Clue. And I've only just seen it. Oh, yeah. You oh, only... really? Yeah. And it's so good. Yeah, it's really, really good. They got... And there's another one where they got away with a lot of jokes in that movie that you're like, well, I was surprised the game company allowed some yep. of the... Because there's some very adult humor mm-hmm. in there. I think that was... Uh, I, th- I know that John Landis was involved in that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it was one of those... Movies. No, I got to do it. And, I, and yeah. the multiple endings was really fun, too. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. The multiple endings it's was really, really fun, really too. It's a really, really great yeah. movie. Uh, how are you, Varnes? I'm good. Do you have the... Uh, you know, we don't... Uh, Janet and I live blocks from each other, but I think we're going to miss the Halloween walk because yeah. I don't think it hits our street. And, uh, and, and our house is like the, the, the nexus. The fucking... Co- yeah. collection it is it really plate. is that's where everyone stops the hard, where all the, the parents hard candy stop. center it is the hard candy start, center well, start a new theme her house is the intersection the of like five streets mm-hmm. yeah it's the convergence so that's when the, they block the streets off and and so that area is sort of like everyone lingers in the middle section oh, yeah i can and see that co- yeah and and they come up and and uh yeah it's a really hard neighborhood to, to trick up. or treat in yeah, no, they, it's a whole guided thing. Yeah. They set up cones. They, parents, oh, they do. They, they, parents they set up stations oh, to make perfect. sure that the cars there are, are like, going yeah, slowly. The sta- their parents perfect. like waving flashlights. It's actually quite bureaucratic. It yeah. really takes I'm all the terrified. fun out of it. I'm terrified of driving through an, uh, on Halloween night always. I'm so like half a mile an hour. I'm just terrified yeah. that some You're kid's going to hit jump a child. Out, yeah. Yeah. Well, not that I, uh, I, I, I noticed that the potential last game of the World Series is on Halloween night. And uh, it's it's so funny. That's the thing I care about the most. On the next the thing I care about, <laughs> next door, I care about the least. Next door, the least. Yeah, human, exactly. So human sports. Will there be points accrued in the sports game? Yeah. Uh, yes. That's I exactly. Hope people get things in the points box machine. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It's almost as if a gorilla moved next hey, no, to a baseball I'm, diamond. I'm yeah, oh, no, I'm not interested anymore. Is this gorilla playing baseball? Because then you got me. That I would, that I would watch. Uh, if one team had a gorilla. But could randomly attack members of the other team. Or if, or if you could run the bases with a hot iron. Yeah. Just to, to jab at the but guy. You, but to get but you, you see, out. like, the second baseman go to catch a ball, and it's actually just a handful of shit. He <laughs> just catches it, catches it in his mitt. Uh, but. I mean, not, not to upset any people who are baseball fans, particularly Dodgers fans, but I'm kind—I will kind of be relieved if LA doesn't win because Los Angeles does not know how to celebrate wins <laughs> no. in a safe yeah. way. Yeah. No, and not so in a safe way. No. If it were the type of thing where LA had won and and it were Halloween. That's a fucking city apocalypse. Yeah, that's, that's not right. a, a bad thing. Motherfuckers like shoot off guns yeah, and start of... set things on fire and flip yeah. cars. Yeah. And then all of... the Dodgers fans will also be celebrating, much yes. like the yes, children. Exactly. Yes, the exactly. Halloween children you just described. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it would be like a Halloween. Zing. Depending on if you don't live in the city, it would probably be perfect because there would be a Halloween hellscape. For all of the trick right. or treaters yeah. to walk through, it's worse yeah. in Boston when the Celtics win. It's 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 just as good. But there's this strange thing that like they have to ask people, please don't shoot at clouds. <laughs> 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 when when did that become a big? Please don't. And they did that during the hurricane. And and, and uh, you can't tell me to stop shooting at a cloud. Yeah, yeah. please don't shoot the clouds. I'm gonna. You can't stop me. Hey, hey, Cloud's an asshole. <laughs> Why do I shoot the Cloud? Because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to shoot it. You can't stop me from shooting the Cloud. <laughs> my so, my so friend in the late 70s was at uh, the 4th of July uh, fireworks on the Boston Esplanade, and he said after every single explosion, the guy behind him went to his friend, check it out, Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Check it out, Star Wars. <laughs> 
<laughs> Check it out, Star Wars. Someone needs to sample that and yeah. put it into a song that is mixed with the bass track from the yeah. Imperial March. <laughs> is what needs to happen. Check it out, Star Wars. Check it out, Star Wars. Uh, so how's it going? What are you up to? You're in Sketchfest mode now. I'm in Sketchfest mode, mm-hmm. and then our show premieres. Stand against evil. So we've been doing a bunch of stuff for that. Yep. Um, November first on IFC on IFC on IFC. Yeah, but it's but no, it's been good. I mean, Sketchfest is a it's very uh, consuming. It's consumptive. It's like consumption. Yeah. I have consumption. You and Joni Mitchell my brain have the is... same thing. Whatever it is. <laughs> Oh, she has the thing of like I have bugs under my skin, huh? Oh, is that what it is? You know that? What's that called? It's a specific, um, like the argument is most people say like it's only in your head and then there, there's a, there's a, a, a group of people not connected That's to each other, but song. who are like, you're a poet, spiders, spiders. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it's like a very specific thing where there's an argument as to whether or not there could be any... Put bugs under her mask A lot of people say she was inviting it. It must be. Now listen, this is way too close. Formication? Formication. That seems... So for her, she's in uh, Malibu, so I guess it's Californication. It's a medical term for a sensation that exactly resembles that of small insects crawling on or under the skin. It's one specific form of a set of sensations known as paresthesias. Oh, yes. That's the word I've heard, which also include the more common prickling, tingling sensation known as pins and needles. But I would imagine uh, kicking that up a notch to bugs and spiders is probably uh, endlessly unnerving. Yeah, I mean, just if you imagine, yeah. if, you, if you felt sure, too, yeah, yeah, that you had something crawling under your skin, that would be. Did she you'd go, you'd go do crazy. a lot of drugs when she? That's was a good in? question. I honestly I don't, don't know. know. I don't know. I don't know she if certainly was running with that crowd. But... A, yeah. Well, because I just know, <clears throat> if we will don't know, Janet Varney is an amazing singer and a, and a guitar player. And, uh, and I wish she would sing more because her voice is amazing. Which I did not know until I heard her sing. Really? Yeah. Yeah, she used to fucking sing in coffee houses and shit when she was in her 20s. And uh, and worship Joni Mitchell. So, but, but uh, the song I heard you sing, oh which yeah, sent my jaw rocketing to the floor <laughs> like a Tex Avery coyote. <laughs> <laughs> was a uh, love removal machine? No, it was uh, she's all sanctuary. Same thing. Cult. It's the yeah, same yeah. song. Yeah. I think I'm pretty sure it's they're the pretty same. close. It might be the same song. Yeah. Yeah, but, it was. Uh, see, she sells sanctuary, which mm-hmm. is not even an. Is, is it's a warm. Up. It's a verbal warm up. A, yeah, it's a tongue it's twister a tongue in and of itself. Yeah, uh, but I'm, it was amazing. It's, it's amazing. It's truly amazing. I cannot oh, sing. I don't even like to pretend to sing. Do you yeah, still sing at all ever? I mean, I sing for like thrilling adventure hour stuff. When we do, occasionally we'll do stuff like that. Um, I'm trying to think. I feel like I sang something not that long ago, but I can't remember what it was so that's not good that's not a good sign if you think it's recent and don't know what it is love um, removal machine may be the impo- it may be impossible to sing that song without pointing to the audience it I, would be interesting to see if you could tie your hands down yeah if you yeah. could sing love removal machine and not go love removal yeah. you break your own arm to get it out just so you can flap it at the audience because you can't flap it I, yeah janet and janet and kit pongetti Sang as there used to be a duo called Fempire, which was great because they wrote a couple great fucking songs. But you guys I make an amazing Kit Ponchetti. <laughs> <laughs> She'd appreciate that. She would appreciate that. I, we're saying that like she passed away. She's, She's alive and well. Out. Yeah, but uh, 
But they did a great cover at, at um, UCB one night of uh, Dog and Butterfly, the heart song, the, the song by uh-huh. Heart. Oh, that yeah, was a real I good cover. about that. But, but I, gotta, I almost kind of feel like maybe we should close this episode later with a Vampire track. Oh, okay. You got to drop in... Uh, Me and my vagina. That's still out there, and that's a weird... There's a weird crossover of Cora fans who found that on... <laughs> I think there might be, like... That someone might have taken some Cora, like... Footage? Lip flaps, and... Yeah, and put that, put that song to it. The Cora flaps? The Cora flaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Again, we're all just walking past. How is how just is walking? Just let's stride you, on to. by. Let's stride we have right to. on by. After all the fish puns, yeah. Let's yeah. Make, I'm not even going to make eye contact with. We're that. not. It's probably <laughs> not even going to. Just let that one walk away. I'm, I'm at the end of the. Uh, I'm at the end of the exit ramp, and I'm just waiting for the light to turn green, and I'm just going to pretend to fiddle with <laughs> yeah. my radio until I can. No, that joke oh now God, from the other side it. of the street is like, really nothing. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> we're that joke go. is going to shame you on social media. I want you to be aware of it. Really disappointed, Dana. Really disappointed. That's where we take out our grievances now. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> That's what we do. Uh, and but there's no. But Cora is done. Done. Are they ever? Do they ever talk about more? Cora? Um, well, they do because Mora? because. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping, uh, hoping that just slid just under a, the a pinched closed lip smile. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that just, just slid under the, the door. <laughs> Dark Horse does these comics now, and so they have me do events where, like, we'll read from the comics and we'll do um, stuff with the fans. But yeah, I don't think, I mean, they always only ever wanted it to be four books for seasons so it, we did the four seasons and then um because it was always based on the alan alda film four seasons it was always based on the band but i was going for the band if alan, yeah. if alan yeah. alda could airbend that was the that was the initial pitch mm-hmm. i now summon thee <laughs> oh that's oh. <laughs> oh. that the old there's another that... show that does not age well <laughs> mash mash does not age well. doesn't no I haven't seen it in uh, quite a while. Now it's a little too tied to the zeitgeisty. It oh, right, 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 right. Bell bottoms. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Oh, gotcha. I guess that makes sense. Do you, want yeah, more, do you want some more bad food? Of course I do. War is terrible. <laughs> right, yeah, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There is something very satisfying about watching period piece movies that were shot in other periods that aren't now and oh, seeing yeah. like. Seeing like, oh, this was supposed to be set in like 1920, but it was shot in the 70s, so everyone still has giant, giant collars. Yeah, and they couldn't, they, like, they refused to actually be legit. They, yes. they couldn't. They were like, well, we still need to be stylish. Huge lapels. We still, yeah, we still well, need we to watched, have bell buttons. We watched. We 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 had a we had a couple over uh, the other night, two ladies. And we watched Christine, uh-huh. and uh, the, some the... of the some of the stuff in there was real not great. That's about eighty three. Eighty three, I think yeah. it was eighty three. And there were a lot of worked at the drive in that year. There were a lot of like, look at her, she's a walking sperm bank, and we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, they're funny. They were really cool about it. But 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 it's just again, it's one of those things. It's like, and this was only a couple. This is twenty years ago. As I heard, well, that was thirty thirty. Years ago, 35 now, yeah. years ago almost yeah. now yeah, so it's but you really do it's so it's so interesting to watch with 2017 eyes to watch stuff and be like what are they? i have yeah. i have specials uh by stand-up with giant bits that i could not do today yeah 
that you because <laughs> the Giants will object. <laughs> the giant community, the giant community is very sensitive. Fee fi fo, fuck uh, you, fuck you. <laughs> that would have been the George Carlin. You know what I hate, Giants. <laughs> you know what I say, fee fi, fuck you. And then, br- and then a brilliant bit deconstructing the Bible. Uh, and you think, why did, why did he waste his time with the Giants thing? <laughs> that was the, that was the, the maddening thing. This incre- incredible bit, like he deconstruct the Bible. And it would just like leave you on the floor, and then it'd be, you know what? I hate farting into balloons. Well, they've, does that? <laughs> they've built kingdoms in the clouds, yet they have to crawl down a vine. They can't <laughs> make a stairway. <laughs> Weird. <laughs> well, it is. It, it, it is. That's why it can be very dangerous to deconstruct old comedy. Sometimes I think it's like maybe you can look back and go society as a whole did not have acceptable views, but it wasn't that it just at the time. Peter Sellers entire career is cultural appropriation. I mean, y- yeah, yeah. <laughs> his entire career. Yes. Is unacceptable. I mean, like today. the only thing that holds up is Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, no, 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 no. I think people only like that movie because of that horrible song. Which, Moon River. No. Wait, is it? And I said, oh. what about oh. Breakfast oh. and Tiffany? I, that made people so hate that movie. angry well, I, I that, that you just reminded me that yeah, song Yeah, it exists. They will say, I've got nothing in common. The studio's big note on Moon River was, we love the movie, hate that, get rid of the song. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah big, big genius. But, yeah. uh, but then you look at it, when you watch it, it's about my, you know, a, again, a, a, a character that I'm waiting as as Hollywood continues to be subjected to awareness of Palooza right. on a day to day basis, yeah. one character that uh, as a, as the father of of, of four daughters, uh, three daughters, and um, my uh, girlfriend has a daughter, uh, I'm I'm tired of the uh, lovable, uh, well adjusted but down on her luck girl who becomes a hooker. Right, right, you know? right, right, right. The, uh, you know how many people that has happened to? None. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like it, the it, affable it, slave. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a slave, and then I think I might go into investing. I don't know. It, right now, yeah. I'm going to be a slave. It kind of makes you look back at Pretty Woman and go, eh, I don't know. No, I, I thought that at the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, eh. Isn't there a scene like where her other hooker friend is a big teddy bear? And she's like, well, I think there was some, on princess phones. I think there was. I think <laughs> there was. I think there was supposed to be a scene. Wasn't the original movie darker? It was called like three thousand dollars. Yeah, and I think yeah. the friend dies in the original version of the movie, and it's really fucked up. Yeah, and then Gary, I think you know, well, Gary, it would be, it would Gary be, Marshall was like, "Let's make it a fun yeah. hooker movie. Let's make it a night." Yeah. Well, if if you redo that and you just put Harvey Weinstein, you wrote you you CGI him over Richard Gere, that's a much it's a different better story. Depi- well, it's sure. a much more realistic story that people don't want to see. Do you remember? Remember? I'm sure you remember this. It's your career when you did. Uh, <laughs> don't be so sure. When did you, you know you know how to sure. say? Jan- Janet so was sure. on a show called On the Lot, which was was basically the it was like American Idol but for filmmakers. Yeah. And so uh, Gary Marshall, Gary Marshall, and Carrie Fisher was yeah, in that yeah. too. They were. He was a judge. She was a judge. And he would always. St- we always used to make fun of him. Uh, Jen and I used to date. I don't know if anyone knows that, but <laughs> just because I'm going to reference things, people are going to go, "Why do you that know is that?" Yeah. Coincidence. You and I used to date. Jane and I used to date too. That's why we're all here. Um, and then, uh, and we always used to make fun of uh, Gary Marshall. Would start sentences with 
My sister Penny. My sister Penny. My sister My Penny. My sister Penny. He always seems like he was chewing on something <laughs> while he said it, but the there was scenery? nothing in his mouth. So it must have been that. <laughs> that. He had a book, uh, and we, for some reason, it was lying around one office I was working in, and he, and he was like, "Here's how I saved five thousand dollars on Happy Days. <laughs> they were deliberating. A, I'm doing Gilbert Gottfried for something. <laughs> they're deliberating. A, they're, Richie was on. Uh, Richie was on a jury." And they didn't want to build a jury set, so they just had them walk into Arnold's and, and just started the scene with Richie going, They're painting the jury room, so we're deliberating at Arnold's. <laughs> <laughs> also, wait, I can't believe there was a plot of him serving on a jury. Oh, that seems yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, you can. And it was terrible because That's a guilty so... man was sent to the gas chamber. It was a very wait, special what? happy day. It was a very special happy day. No, it was oh. an, an innocent <laughs> oh, man. I was willing to believe that. It was when, it was when uh, Sticks Cunningham was framed for a murder he didn't commit and was later killed no that oh good yeah it was yeah. one of those yeah. uh wasn't that his name sticks which one the when the african-american drummer for the band came well it wouldn't have been his name wouldn't have been cunningham but i think he had to, he yeah but i think he pretended he was richie's brother some terrible oh something guy. something crazy yeah is Again, cunningham like, one pa- of the oh yeah the past version of like in like n- nobody in happy days after season three had 50s Centric haircuts. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Scott Bayo just had a shag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No guy exactly. had a shag. That guy in the 1950s got his head stove in with a pipe. Yeah, yeah they, exactly. <laughs> you know, was funny. that the trial? That was the trial that, that was he was having to deliver. I remember watching Happy Days, and yet I can't, and I remember worshiping Fonzie. Yeah. But I can't exactly remember. What it was that I liked about the show. In reality, he's a terribly tragic character, Fonzie. I mean, he's 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 this guy. He's he's uh, what's his name in Dazed and Confused? He's the guy that never moved on. Right, mm-hmm. never like grew Matthew up. McConaughey's yeah, role. yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's just still there. Fon- you know, probably like Fon- twenty eight, still dating high school girls. Yeah, and hey, Fonzie's. But is- he had an office. <laughs> you know? The bathroom, Janet. His office was yeah. a toilet. His, his his big thing was telling younger men to meet him in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> was, his desk was a toilet. His to do list was poop and I a shitter. Everybody be sure he needed a desk. I got to be honest with you. Desk. I think it's probably okay that he just we're had making, a shitter. But, and we're making fun of not to make fun of Henry Winkler. No, because he's the wonderful. best person ever. Yeah. He's wonderful. He's one of those people that you meet and you're like. You can move in with me if you oh, want. Oh God, I I, yeah. I worship yeah, him. Yeah, that yeah. man is a doll. I got yeah. to I had to slap him on the face for an episode of Children's Hospital, and I was so upset about it. He was like, "Just slap me. It's okay. Just slap." Me. I was like, "No, we'll do like a fake thing." He's like, "Yeah, just slap me." <laughs> so I slapped him, <laughs> and it felt so weird and uh, wrong. You were literally just hitting the font. I was. Yeah, I was. And then I was like, "I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have done it. It was." It was <laughs> <laughs> It was <laughs> guys. The fans couldn't say he was wrong about he anything. Couldn't say he was yeah. wrong. Yeah, and he couldn't say love. Love. Yeah, couldn't say love. <laughs> that was actually the wrong joke rewritten for a later season. That was it. Yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> right. And Happy Days yeah. is the origin of the. You know, a lot of the children don't know, and I don't want to. You know, prepare to have your mind. You might, if you're driving, you might want to pull over. Um, Happy Days is the origin of the phrase "jump the shark." It was the yeah, yeah, because yeah, because yeah. Fonzie jumps over the shark. Quite literally, jump yeah. the shark. Why? Because Evil Knievel was popular at the time. And they wanted to do something. You, there's another as the '70s was such a bizarre era. Like, Evil Knievel was this guy that used to dress up in fancy clothes and kill himself every four months, and you'd watch. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. and it was a big television event. But going back to jumping the shark, there is a section, there is a subsection of jump, jumping the shark devoted to Ted McGinley. <laughs> The idea being that when he is introduced on the show that it may jump a shark, 
And what show did he come on in the last season or two? Happy, Happy Days. Happy Days. Oh, yeah. the McGinley curse. Yeah, it continues. He was the cousin Oliver of Happy Days. He kind of was. Not to shit on Ted McGinley if he's watching the show. Listen, he, he got some good That's jobs. That's a good gig. Trying to make a living. He's trying That's to make a, a living. That's a good gig. He's a ham and egger. He's it. <laughs> I don't know what that is. A working, a working a job. Guy, working yeah, an egger. Oh, that's what I wanted to ask. That's is, a Bruce Campbell is, expression. Is what the, the, when when you look at certain uh, like origin, like the, the origin of names that are like you know the cobbler, like the shoemaker, like sure. Bob Shoemaker. Right, right, right. Is right. what is Cunningham? Like is Cunningham? Like he's a clever, pig. Ham, hilarious guy. He's a clever or, pig. Yeah, a clever pig. Yeah, Cunningham. I, Cunningham. Yeah. We gotta get to the bottom of this. Company Siemens. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big advertising firm. It's a big investment house. It's on, if you listen to me, brought to you by Siemens. If yeah. Siemens is so good, who left the meeting going, okay, Siemens, will we call that? It's someone's last name, I'm sure. Yeah. The, the, I, Dick Siemens, <laughs> demand that this company be named Where'd after you go? me. Ball State. <laughs> <laughs> Taint Vassar. Yeah. Hey, come on. I hear that you've been made a very lucrative offer by Jismans, but we'd like you to stay <laughs> we'd like here. We'd like you to stay at Siemens. Jismans. <laughs> I'm Mil I'm Mil Jismans of the Siemens Investment House. <laughs> this is basically just the whole what the whole podcast is going to exactly. be. Exactly. But no, all those names Smith, you were if you were a Smith, you were a blacksmith. Yeah. That's what the origin of that name Miller, you were a, you worked in the uh, the mill. And That's why I want to know Barney, what Cunningham so is. You, your family lineage is the Jim Varney. That's right. Yes. That's right. We created Jim Varney. He you was an auto, auto, automaton. Poked your head into people's windows and said, hey, Do I remember that you did Vern. tell people for a while that you were related to Jim Varney? <laughs> I only told one person. It was a very close friend of mine in high school who was so incredibly sweet and just charming and delightful and also gullible enough to believe that Jim Varney was my uncle. And so I told her... Just stories about my dad and Uncle Jim. And mm -hmm. um, she kind of never believed, like, she wouldn't, she was never willing to fully commit because she was right to not trust me. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, I went, I took her home. One, this is something, by the way, I think a sociopath would do. So that was like my one day of being a sociopath. <laughs> Where I was like, you know what? If you don't believe me, just come to my house. I have pictures of my dad and my Uncle Jim together. And she was like, okay, I will. And I was like, okay, let's go. With zero plan whatsoever <laughs> of how that was going to work. You didn't know she was going to keep calling I you just, up. And I just went with it. And I just I, see you walking past your house. I live somewhere around uh -huh. here. I can't. If I could remember. No, I, I went and like found some old photo albums of my dad's. And again, just like feelingless. Like, I'm just going to do this. <laughs> Like, I don't remember any feeling one way or the other. That's why I'm saying it was sociopathic, because I just yeah. remember being like, this is either going to work or it's not, and flipped through, and then found a picture of my dad with someone that kind of looked like him. That's so amazing. I was like, there you go. And she goes, oh, that is Jim Varney. Now, did you feel shame at all? I've, I've never felt since. It was so... What a gift. What a relief. I can't even tell you. What is... Oh... I was, uh, I was, you're talking about like the origin of, do, you don't know, is Varney French? Yeah, it's French. It, used, it was, yeah, it's, yeah. it's like they flip the A and the E. Right. Um, but you don't know what it means? Does, is it a verb in French? No, I, no, it's like there's a, there's a, there's a, like a Chateau de Vernay okay. in, in the north part of France. I, I was think. talking to a very famous actress that was staunch, like did not like say that that's a myth that Smith does not come from blacksmith and Miller does not come from Miller. It was, um. 
Agnes Moorhead. We were talking about that. Boy, what is that last name? I know. I was going to say there's some. She probably has some <laughs> deeply emotional yeah, reason based on her own. Yeah, yeah, because her hers like means like field toilet. Does it? I don't know. Moorhead sounds like Moorhead. Yeah, <laughs> sounds well, like I guess something you hear too. at a specialty bar. And her husband's like, that, but the last name doesn't check out. <laughs> I can tell you what it don't mean. <laughs> You stop that, Bob. Yeah. Her yeah, last okay. name should be Agnes Bitchin' in the Kitchen. That's what it should be. Okay, I'll get out of here. My dad's Give me more money to spend. My dad's loving nickname for my mom was Dog Meat. Hey, Dog Meat, what's going on out in the kitchen? Are what? you... Oh, no, why not. am I ever surprised? I should never be surprised mom, knowing what I, I know no about your upbringing. No one my family is aware of the concept of a podcast, so I can tell you that. <laughs> I was talking to my mother. I was talking to my mother yesterday, and uh, you know, you call up. I'm a grown man. I'm a grown man. Although all the recent jizz jokes would suggest otherwise, yeah, but yes, continue. Yeah, fair, point, fair point. I am chronologically advanced. Yes. And uh, uh, and you know, like, hey, the show's gonna premiere season two, and you know, just a well, your sister, who uh, works in animal control in Connecticut. She is the only one they will call now to break up a dog fight. <laughs> she is the only one that will go. <laughs> or if it's to... two in the morning and, I, and there's a cat in the road or something, they call your sister. What are they? What are, what are you supposed to say to that? I don't. It's it's supposedly it's a, it's apparently it's a cause for great celebration. Well, I guess my comedy special isn't uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly the I, thing I've worked for thirty years yeah. on. Is I, but I do imagine my sister pulling up to a dog fight, going, "What is this really about? <laughs> How did this start? Yeah, let's <laughs> all just." Sir, and then you go right into cop speak. Sir, 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 sir. At this time, step it back. At this time, sir, I'm going to ask you to step back. Sir, at this time, <laughs> do not appreciate your bark right now. I'm going to have to ask you to tone it down just a little bit. That's good de-escalating, guys. I think that, you, that a lot of cops could take a lesson what are we from really that approach. About here, what's huh? really going on, sir? Sir, I'm going to ask you right now at this time to back away. Yeah. I need to ask the Staffordshire Terrier to take a step back, please. Oh my God! You know what this is reminding me of? What? I can't. I don't know if this is going to. I'm going to ask him to sit. Sit. Be a good boy. Please, I'm asking the Stafford Terrier to please be a good boy right now. Please. Sir, you're not being a good boy. Sir, you're not being a good boy right now. That's Are you a bad boy? Are you a bad boy? You, you is that what this is? You to be a bad boy at this moment. We both stepped on Jim. Oh, it's, I don't even think it's, this is, I'm making a mistake by telling the story, but. I'm listening. I was in San Francisco fairly recently and uh, coming back to my hotel in Japantown, um, don't there was uh, all of uh, my. The world is a jungle, Janet. Uh. Okay, well, I'm learning a lot by telling the story. Um, we heard sirens. We heard then we heard some sort of a screaming sound that did get louder as we got closer to the hotel Japantown area. But it was like us if like a, you know how sometimes like Steve Martin like picture Steve Martin trying to alert. Uh, his friends in the Three Amigos in that falsetto, like <laughs> up here, up here. It was, it was a a non. I it was a non female voice in falsetto, <laughs> just screaming, water, 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 and these firefighters had pulled up and they had encircled whoever this person was so we couldn't see and all the firefighters were laughing they were trying so hard not to laugh but they were just like now would you, now hold water water it was so 
weird. <laughs> oh my god. It was so weird. I don't know what it Come, was. The I can't get the bottom it, of it. You sound like Martin Prince. <laughs> that, that sounds very much like Martin Prince. It was not unlike that. I mean, if I if I were if I like if one of you guys wants to do it, I'll tell Water. you. Water like that. Guy. Water. Make it more like shrill. Well, and the, there was a fire, and the person needed water. There no. absolutely was no fire anywhere in sight. The person just wanted I think, water. I don't know if they were dehydrated. Yeah, they were just. That's what they were just. And, they, kept, take a and they were water on and go, the ground. Oh, thank you very much. And then they yeah. walk off. I mean, I wish. That's that's the trick. I never got to the bottom of <laughs> there it. There we go. My uh, my friends, uh, uh, Tom Kenny and um, Paul Kozlowski, and people might know these people uh, moved to San Francisco in the mid '80s to be stand-ups, and. Uh, uh, Kevin Meany, the the late great Kevin Meany from Boston, was visiting them. And, Those are big boy pants. Yeah, a brilliant, <laughs> brilliant man, comedian. brilliant comedian. And they lived right. They didn't know the city. They lived at Fourteenth and Castro. They had no idea. Oh, right. They just got this apartment, and um, which is the the heart of the area of not straight people. And uh, one day, Danny was just outside getting the paper or something, and he just heard this crazy guy went, "Jimmy Johnny, Jimmy Johnny." Jimmy Johnny, Jimmy Johnny, Jimmy Johnny, Jimmy Johnny. And he's like, what the fuck? Jimmy Johnny, Jimmy Johnny. And he looked around and he walked to the corner and it was Meanie just standing in the corner pretending to be a crazy person. <laughs> and Danny and Kevin saw Danny and just burst out laughing. Like, got me. <laughs> pretending to be a crazy person. Oh, he wasn't, wasn't for them. He no, was just, just doing, doing it. it for himself. What? Oh, <laughs> just doing really it for himself. Funny. That's yeah, really funny. and they said like again, you have to like uh, talk about like fighting stereotypes. This is mid nineteen eighties. These three naive straight guys move into the, uh, the 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 nexus of the San Francisco gay culture. So far, it sounds like the plot of Full House. It is the plot of Full House. Their their first day in the neighborhood, they see a guy fighting with his boyfriend, hitting him with a flute case. <laughs> 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 Screaming, what goes around comes around, you'll get yours. Oh, <laughs> you're that. not helping. You're a, not helping. What a great time it. it must have been to be there in San Francisco for comedy at that time. I mean, San Francisco is oh, an was, amazing place to crazy. do comedy now. Yes. But back then, I'll bet it was incredible. Yeah, it was. I, mean, I have they, a great story I can tell you when we're done. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's just, it's such a, it's such a literate city and it's a city where people. It had two full-time stand-up comedy newspapers. Oh my God. It did? <laughs> yes. It had, I didn't know that. It had Just for Laughs and then another, like the Ha Ha, like these fan newspapers and you'd go on the Alex Bennett show, which was a local radio show and you had a little star, you had a little fandom, like you would. Had, it was insane. That's it was great. It was actually kneecapping for a comedian because you didn't want to leave because it was like being on a hot tub. Right, and, right, right. And you know, you, then you, you have to go out into the world. But uh, no, it was it was fantastic. Well, that's why it's doing Sketchfest is is. I mean, and I've done maybe like twelve of the last thirteen or something like. I'm that. I'm sure that's true. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, it's just such an incredible place to do comedy. It's, the audiences it's are great, fantastic. It's, the, it's a great lucky. city. It's, it's, I yeah. love everything. How do you continue yeah. to grow Sketchfest every year? Uh, well, I mean, I think it's. I don't. I don't know that we've grown it because we already have like over two hundred shows and the festivals. You know, almost three full weeks long. Um, I feel like we've sort of reached. Uh, at this point, we've sort of capped out to kind of the amount of shows that we do, but. Um, 
you know, it's just one of those, like, it, it, it was the first lesson I learned so quickly about the sort of ripple effect of show business, which is that if you have one great person that a bunch of people really mm-hmm. like and you can get them to come there and then they say nice things about it, you have exponential reach mm-hmm. that you wouldn't have had otherwise because it's such a small community. So, you know, the when we started having people like the Fred Willards of the world and, and you know, the Upright Citizens Brigade and, and names that people recognized, then everybody around them when we would go the next time around the next year and say, Hey, you know, we would really love to have you. We've had these people. And then they could, it just, it just, they did the work for us in a lot of ways. I mean, we had to make sure people have a good time when they come, but you know, we just, we, other people create our reputation for us in the right. sense. Yeah. That, but you, you still know, have to run the festival. Well, yeah, which and it, is, it, it is a remarkable, cause I remember the first time I did it was in 2005 and we'd only been dating a couple of months and Wait a minute, we were dating in 2005. Don't oh worry my God. about it, Dana. I told you. <laughs> now who was dating? Now who was dating? We are, oh, we are uh, show business husband and wife. We've that determined that, that we are really show true. business husband and wife. That so. was very scary. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> I was also not looking at I know, no, no. <laughs> It was uh, well, very organic. Uh, but uh, we're not computers, Chris. We're physical. <laughs> but it, but but the but at the time, it, you'd only been doing the festival for a couple of years, and you put Mike Furman and I with Bruce McCullough on a show, yeah. and I was like, it com- fucking blew my mind. Yeah. yeah, it just blew my mind that yeah. you guys, you know, you and Cole and Dave. We're just like, hey, why don't we just make a thing for our and it's mainly for our friends, but we'll just get some other people to come in and like make it it's official. Yeah, yeah and, and it hats off too, because it's just uh, people probably do understand it's an unfeasible amount of work. Uh, just logistically. I saw yeah. Janet have many breakdowns over sure. the years. But oh, but yeah. but they would always but the breakdowns lasted less time each year. Yeah. Until yeah. uh, <clears throat> until I think maybe like five five years ago, you're like, well, yeah, no, we actually hired people because you guys just used to do fucking everything. Yeah, and yeah. it's really, you know, and and I would imagine also the unfortunate side of that is seeing the business side of comedians that you respect. And you're yeah, like, there's that. Oh, this person I liked is actually well, yeah, uh, not that, the best person to work always, with. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah and, we've and had being, that with and just kind of the way having... people treat other people too. Just like yeah. we get, they seem great and then they get to the festival. It's so rare, but on the rare occasion that that happens and then somebody is like really mean to our drivers or yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. someone they think they can get away with not being yes. nice to, like it's not going to get back to you. It's so, it's crushing. I'm very glad that's rare, but it yeah. does occasionally happen and you're like, no. Not you. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, I saw a comedian that I really respected just chewing somebody out at a different thing, and I was like, "Oh no, yeah. <laughs> not you! Yeah. Yeah. Oh, not double plus ungood." Well, yeah. the other the upside to that is that it makes you very. It was aware. Marty Allen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Hello there, and then he yelled at her. <laughs> you call this a tuna? <laughs> uh, but it, it but it also makes you very aware of how you behave. You know, like when you see people yeah. misbehaving, because it, you know, sure. yeah. it just makes you more like, oh, okay, maybe I'm not, I'm not going to be, because when you, in the last handful of years, you, Janet, are now like, Cora is a real, that is iconic. And, you know, people need to, I think when people find out that you're a very sweet, 
compassionate human being, they need they need to know that when they are attached to a show like that. Because mm. if you were a dick, it would it would literally destroy some yeah, of their, yeah, some of I, their absolutely, worlds. Absolutely, absolutely. You are. I well, I'm not. I'm not answering for you, but please. It's uh, well, go ahead. Well, no, I was. Oh, I was just going to say. I, I I remember once being with George Carlin, who I mentioned earlier, and we were talking, and somebody just came up and interrupted us both to say something about George, <laughs> and like just basically like, "Hey, anyway, <laughs> yeah," and it was pretty rude and forward, and uh, and he was uh, incredibly gracious and and solicitous, and gave them everything they wanted, and then they walked away, and and he just. You just certainly just go. You got to remember that that moment's not about you; it's about them. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Oh, he was the greatest. That's he yeah. was he was the greatest. I really like Kelly too. That book she wrote was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. What were you going to say about uh, mm-hmm. about the Coraverse? Was it? What was I going to say? Something? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, I think that's that's true, especially people who do you know who do conventions, and then you're like, wait, I don't think you like people that much. Why are you like? Signing an autograph and and potentially ruining someone's day by not being awesome because you want money, which happens sometimes with people, celebrities who do signings. You <laughs> I know? would say it happens a lot of yeah, the time. Where you're like, maybe just there's got to be another way for you to make some cash because you've yeah. just crushed the dreams of this person who was like, I've loved you forever, and who yeah. probably and paid like, and probably paid for that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Oh, totally paid for it. Yeah, because yeah. that's the reason the person's there. Like the the celebrities there, it's clear that they are only there for that reason. And then you're like, that's not a good enough reason. <laughs> like, I think I think one of the precious. biggest curses in entertainment can uh, is if you hate your audience. Yeah, you know, like if you if you don't have the gift of having an audience of people that you like, yeah, you probably hang out with them. You know, then uh, that's a huge bummer because yeah. it, it, you're because then the audience gets shortchanged, and then. You're never satisfied. That person's never satisfied. Totally. And I, I always more. think, I always think how lucky I am that when people come up to me, I go, "Oh, that's probably, probably someone I would hang out with." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely you know? and, and, true. And there's also just the, and I'm really fascinated by these personalities of like Jerry Lewis, who was so need, so in desperate. Jurassic need of attention and approval, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 was such a cock. It's a really dangerous combination. It's, uh, yeah, it's such a gr- somebody I know wa- walked up to Chrissy Hines once and, and said, uh, "Excuse me," and she just took and said, "Fuck off." <laughs> Oh, wow. wow. And it wasn't even like at an airport. Like it was at a show. They were backstage. And I think it was just like, I need to get through here. Oh, <laughs> fuck off. Oh, that's damn. rock and roll, Dana. That's just rock and roll. That's how it works, man. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's her way yeah. of saying, I love you. I but, guess. I, but I think, you know, it's, but I think it's. Well, in- then I know a lot of women. Turns You're out I'm a Lothario. You're doing really, really great. But, you know, when, when, when people sort of carry a different era into a new era, that's, that's also very, it, it can very be true. a. Because I'm sure, you know, well and I'm not, I'm not defending, you know. No, in the late Jerry, 70s, at the height of punk and new wave, that was like, well, well, but, but also, but, but also, I mean, but also, I mean, with Jerry Lewis, too, like, there was a period of time where celebrities were very much not in the, yes, did right. not have to deal yeah, with yeah. the, the peebs right. yeah. in any way and didn't have to respect them, didn't have to have a conversation with them, mm-hmm. just, I do my thing, this is my job, don't fucking, you yeah. know, yeah. and got away with it. Uh, and also, you know, at a time when um, uh, there were there was less therapy and more pills, 
You know, I would imagine people weren't really dealing. I don't think Jerry ever took pills, Chris. What? (laughs) Uh, But, uh, you know, people just weren't really dealing with whatever kind of mental. Yeah. The the types of mental illness and issues that we all go, we got to talk to a therapist. Like we all have problems. We all got to talk to a therapist. Back then it was just like, walk it off, you know, and then and then just never dealt with anything. And that mm-hmm. was just part of that was just part of their culture, and then it just kind of solidified in their bones. Yeah, he he was he's a specific uh, case of just like so, it's like the 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 the, wor- the worst aspects of both worlds, like the 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 the, 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 the narcissism and the need. Uh, the emo- the naked emotional need and narcissism of a comedian, yeah, and and then and then the emotional austerity and and haughtiness of like a tortured celebrity. And he's like, actually, you need neither one of these. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can take both of these down about a hundred percent, and yeah. you'd be fine. It is fascinating. I'm I'm fascinated by those oh, those guys, those uh, those old, you know, Johnny Lydon, another guy, just despises the audience. But but that you buy into. Yeah, it's a shtick. It's a shtick, and it's like, you know, you're almost like, he spit on me, you know? Yeah, exactly. In in, in that case, that's where you kind of go, oh, he did the thing, he did it. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. like, are there people that you are a fan of that you would shy away from meeting? Um, I was... I love your Tom York story. Speaking of, like, things I'm, like, that sometimes come, some, anytime anyone brings up Radiohead, or I hear, I always hear your voice Still saying, love "This interview was this over." This interview is over. This interview. I was working at K Rock in the '90s, and right after Creep came out, right. and they blew up. And yeah. at the time, I don't think anyone really expected they were going to be more than like yeah. that song. Yeah. And of course, you know, they're one of the most right. progressive, innovative bands in music. But at the time, uh, there was an acoustic Christmas, and they were. I was supposed to interview. That's the dishwasher. Katie, can you just go, uh, just open the yeah. dishwasher so that it stops beeping? <laughs> uh, so at the time, it's a very professional setup here. <laughs> yes. At Hardwick House. Can't you just tell R2 to stop beeping? <laughs> <laughs> R2's jerking off to a tuna sandwich. There you go. Uh, Keep the illusion. Keep yeah, up the illusion. Right. But uh, uh, yeah, so I was backstage in Acoustic Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. <laughs> WD, WD, WD 40. <laughs> I wrote the WD-40 song. Some guy says that. That's great. So uh, we're backstage at Acoustic Christmas. <clears throat> uh, it's 1994. I walk backstage, and they, someone goes, hey, do you want to interview Radiohead? I was working at K-Rock at the right. time. I was a DJ. I and remember. I, and I go, sure. And uh, they go, great. Jed the Fish was supposed to do it, but he had to go somewhere else. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they were upset about. <laughs> I don't know if they felt blown off by Jed the Fish right. or what had transpired up to that point. But I walked in and all I said to them was, hi, I'm Chris. Nice to meet you. And Tom York stood up and goes, this interview's over. And he just stormed out. And, uh, and <laughs> well, I ran into him. didn't do anything wrong. Nothing. Yeah. I ran into him later that night and I was like, I don't know what happened, but I'm really sorry. And he just wouldn't even talk to me. So I was part of whatever right, the problem right. was. And uh, maybe he hated uh, singled out. I don't know what his problem yeah. was, but um, uh, <laughs> he hated singled out. might have hated singled out. But uh, it, uh, <laughs> it and so yeah, so that that's my like meaning of the celebrity story. But I was always, uh, you know, I was always Steve Martin was a guy I was really terrified to meet. But then I met him and he was lovely. He's lovely, yeah, yeah. And so then so that took that away. So I don't think I think really Bill Murray's probably the last one. Met him at a golf course when I was yeah. in college. I was working there, and he I was would be leery about meeting. He him. was friendly, but I don't know what he's like now. Yeah. I don't know what he's like now. I, I think he's. I, I think. It's, I think he's great when he feels like being. Yeah, great. when he feels he's great when he feels like being great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if not, I'd like I think there's a guy that really suffers zero consequences for anything that yes. he says or does, and so it doesn't. I almost don't even blame him. I'm like, well, he doesn't. 
He's not tethered to anything. Yeah. yeah. So there's no. He could. He, he's mythological. He yeah, could just yeah. appear. Like, it's yeah. like I, I, I met Paul McCartney, and and I was like, you don't even know what reality's like. <laughs> Do you say that to him? No, but I no. I just asked him if I killed him, if I would become him. <laughs> um, oh, I think that's the math all that checks out. <laughs> well, we had him on the podcast. He was lovely. Yeah, he's, he's incredibly great, and he and he even sort of acknowledged the fact that he referred to the other guy on stage of himself being like, oh, when the yeah. other guy is on stage, right. yeah. But in but in in life, he seems very. You know, he's like, yeah, I kind of don't. When people want to take pictures, I'd rather they just say, "Hey, Hello. can we just have a quick little conversation?" Yeah. You know, like he really just, and 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 it's all. It was also interesting that he, uh, of all the people that come on and like bring publicists or studio people or whatever, yeah. it was just him in yeah. his fucking office. And I was like, well, Paul McCartney didn't need nine publicists. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why do you? Why need do it? you third lead on yeah. a sci-fi show? Yeah. You no, know, that's a really good. That's a well. That's that's, a, that's, that's the whole really point. point. Right, I guess. Yeah. I, I guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. No, but like again, in terms of seeing, getting the opportunity to see how other people behave and how other people work, and sort of going, you know, that's that seems classy. Can well, I, I like, can I also be really classy? I, 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 I like I like the sort of tone of this conversation now, which is about fandom, because you are a part of Cora, which is an insane fandom, and you are a part of a lot of different fandoms that are then, micro fandoms that then that are then re-expressed in a show like Stand Against Evil. Uh, and so, I, I mean, do you think fandom's in a good place at the moment in terms of, you know, because fans have so much, ostensibly so much control over... Access. Access and control. Do you think that's good? Like, more access is great. Why wouldn't it be? Or do you think that the, you know, just a small handful of people kind of abuse that and ruin it for everyone? I don't. Well, I think a small handful of people do abuse it. I don't know that they ruin it for everyone. I, I, I've also been really lucky because the the kind of shows I've done that have great fan bases that have like incredibly respectful, warm, kind, mm. like non invasive. I don't ever get trolled. Like I just don't have those sorts of experiences. So I, um, I feel great about the access. Um, I think I feel like we. St- we do still have like a certain, I mean, there's still a, a choice in how engaged to be or not to be, um, that um, nope, nope, nope. Uh, so, but, I, but I'm sure that that's not true for everyone. I mean, I also feel like there, it maybe d- depends on, you know, I'm also not like, I don't engage on social media. Like I've sort of, I've chosen how much or how little I feel comfortable with. Yeah. I rarely, I, res- I rarely respond people on social media like I, I don't like go seek out you know friendships and things on twitter i have friends um what if i have any fandom at all it's because of my stand-up and i think because the nature of my act is pretty personal and and revealing that people sometimes feel like they're closer to you than they actually are and so i get i get a you know i have a like Night of the Living Dead, I have a small but dedicated group of followers, <laughs> and uh, and and also because of a podcast, which all three of us uh, can speak to, you have a weird intimacy with people because they spend a lot of time alone with you. Yeah. They're in their car with you, and they're going yeah. to work with you. But also, it's a, it's a very and a lot of people it's headphones, yeah. And so you're very. And with podcasts that I listen to, yeah. you're literally putting it in your body. Like yeah, it's and, very and intimate. You, yeah. And you have to be of... really respectful of that. If I met Karina Longworth, I would be like, blah, blah, but I have to remember, she doesn't know you. Right. She, you know, <laughs> yeah, you, you know true. her. She doesn't know you. Yeah. Right. Uh, and, uh, and, and that's the, the key 
the key thing. But you, but you in particular deal with a lot of different fandoms because you're involved with Lucha Vavum, which is a whole separate fandom as yeah. well. It, are, are there... Um, are there through lines? Are there things that you think kind of connect all of the fandoms' consistencies? Well, for my for my case, I've finally gotten a gotten like a connective tissue in that like it's the adult monster kids, uh-huh. like the show Stan and my podcast, and uh, I've kind of like what I what I really like in my life is sort of finally bubbled up into my sort of public uh, work. And, and I have, it's like you said about, it's a, it's a micro version of what you experience. Like all the people that come up to me that like really know what I do. I'm like, Oh, I totally hang out with you. I yeah. totally hang out with you. It'd be great. I remember like one of the first times I saw you do stand up. It was really, it was during the comedy boom. It might've been the late eighties on something. Uh, Sounds like me. <laughs> and, and, uh, and it, what was so interesting about it was that, you a know, lot of my earlier life has been colorized by Ted Turner. <laughs> <laughs> you had that little widow's peak and lived in that old house exactly. with the Frankenstein monster dad. Exactly. But uh, but it, it was it was coming out of the '80s boom, and so you you a lot of your comedy was almost a satire of an '80s comic. Yeah, it was. But yeah. all of the things you were saying were deeply dark. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, you know, uh, it was a lot of like your mom's building a crucifix. If you're going to do, we might as well do it the right way. You know, it was very it was very pop accessible stories of terrible depression. I mean, like almost in the sense that if like if Bill if Bill Hicks had had more of had had like a friendly like he yeah, he he would yeah. drift into that sometimes too like a he little would. bit of the hey isn't that fun you know he, like he would and and I mean, I've always lo- I've always liked that as a especially in music like I love a song like Girlfriend in a Coma which is a beautiful pop song and then you listen to what they're actually singing and it's yeah. really dark and so dark it's funny yeah uh, and uh, or uh, a jam song like Welcome to Milton Keynes which is a just beautiful pop song about people that are so fucking poor right and uh, I I love that I think that's a great way to, to put stuff across and that was very intentional it was why I never like although I was I love punk and I go to punk shows I never looked like a punk because I always thought it was better to deliver Deliver, it, it's better to get that message from a very socially acceptable uh, vessel, right? And Bill, Bill just uh, um, he had a very ch- cherubic look. He, he was just a naturally cherubic fella. Yeah. Um, and uh, then you, you know, I think uh, Dennis Leary had more success doing that kind of stuff because he looked like people. He looked like what people wanted to get well, that message from. Well, he kind of did from. the cartoon of the, with the, yeah, the jacket yeah, I, and the smoking. Yeah, he the... looked like what people wanted to hear that message from. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Because it was somehow not as threatening as from Bill because Bill was real. Well, also Bill... Not that Dennis isn't real. I mean, Dennis, no, no, no. I've known Dennis forever. He's, but, he's Dennis. He's a real guy. But, Dennis, <laughs> yeah. but Dennis's material was a lot about himself. It was him, more. It was more affect. It was more. Yeah, yeah. It was more also about himself and yes. like yeah, I'm a smoker, you know. Right. And Bill Hicks was a lot of his stuff, which is stunning to me that he was touring 
and basically just touring going, you're all fucking stupid. Yeah. And yeah. here's why you're fucking stupid. He said, and so, uh, and that can be, you know, that can be very, an audience doesn't always, I mean, it's funny when you hear about it or when you see it, but probably not super fun for some of the audience. Yeah. One at of the, the mo- show, we walked around Disney world one day and that was one of the most surreal experiences. <laughs> of my you life. walked around Disney world with Bill Hicks. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. We were both in Orlando at the same time. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Should we go to Disney world? <laughs> I guess <laughs> there's nothing else. The to way do. all people should experience. Yeah, there's nothing else to do. And and he said, and he had that issue. And he said that he would say this on stage, but he also said it and meant it. He's like, you know, shit, man, I can't sell out Caroline's on a Saturday night, and they're dredging Lake Erie to put in bleacher seats for Carrot Top. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But uh, but you know, it's just uh, it's just however you however you choose to deliver you know that stuff. But but I think people like Bill uh, or people like the Smiths or whoever Radiohead, like if if you have a, a dark message uh, that maybe will limit your mass popularity, uh, you will your audience will be that much more dedicated. It's it, it, it's 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 uh, it's like I have you know I. I've been I've been doing comedy 735 years, wow, and I'm still in, I'm still in the clubs. You know, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to I'm going to Zany's this weekend in in uh, Chicago, which is a lot more uplifting than the old club in Chicago, Morose's. D- totally different. Um, but you know, I, I don't do theaters. I still do three nights in a club. But I have people that have been coming to see me since the mid 90s. Oh wow! You know? I think clubs are uh, I, they're longer. They are. They're but two days longer. They are, but I, uh, my last tour, I did a theater tour, and now I'm doing clubs because I really need the material. Yeah, and you just need to perform a lot, and I love it because you oh, can't. Theater is really hard. There, there's an, you know, a theater is very presentational, yes. but a club is so intimate, and you yes. can talk to the audience and fuck around with them. Theater is a performance. A club is a conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and you don't have the two second delay that really still throws me off after mm-hmm. doing it all these years. Sure. Just letting it hit the back of the room. Yeah. Are you performing? Are you doing stuff with uh, with any groups? Any sketch groups? Yeah, I mean, I always end up doing more shows than I probably should at Sketchfest. Um, you do we more of everything than I, you should. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll do we'll we'll do stuff. I'll do yeah. stuff with uh, I mean, like the thrilling adventure or work juice world. Did you do Plan Nine yet? We did Plan that? Nine last yeah, night. Yeah, we did Plan Nine last amazing. night at Largo. Oh, yeah, it's so fun. You should do it next time. I'll do it. It's so it's so great. There's really, for those of you who don't know, we do a, a Janet and I and our friends uh, do a live stage reading of Plan Nine from Outer Space. We don't color the, we don't add. We just read the script, and there's there's yet to be another script that we have found that does what that script does. That well, you're being should... modest because you you wrote stage directions. Yeah, I wrote, I there's did. a narration. There's a narrative thread that Dana wrote that is read throughout. That is is providing commentary, funny, yeah. and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And it just ties the whole thing together in this very meta way. Yeah, and it's it, I I don't think I've ever done a show where there there you never stop laughing. The audience no. never stops laughing, and they come up afterwards and are like, "My face hurts." So yeah, I know that's a cliche that it's almost really never true. actually happens, but my no, face hurts. It is, and it, and it's you know, God bless Ed Wood. It, it, it you know that movie is that story is so inept, and it's so sincere. Yeah, and <laughs> and, 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 and so it's, sincere. So, you know, it's, it just oozes, and 
nothing. It, 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 that for what it, we just sort it's of landed special. on it. Yeah. We just sort of, and it, uh, uh, it, it's so funny all, all the way through. And, uh, and we do that and we're trying to find another script to do, to sort of broaden our repertoire. But it's hard to, like, that's a difficult balance to yeah, find. Yeah, we're kind it of is, like, yeah. should we just do something co- totally different, you know, yeah. just to not The daring like Dobermans. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you should do, one, one time you should do one and just have Jonah sit in the front row with a couple of robots. <laughs> yeah. And then just. Jo- Jonah, Jonah does, was, does Jeff Trent. He played oh God, the lead in Plan 9 last night. Yeah. And he does an amazing. Voice. I don't understand. Oh, that guy, oh, yeah. God, he did it. so he, good. That, that, yeah. That's a legendary character on the Nerdist podcast because he. Probably five or six years ago, we were talking about. He was like, "Oh, there's always like a guy in those '80s movies where there's like coke, there's like a coke uh, uh, cartel, uh-huh. and there's always one guy who's just it was says, where's the guy? It's in the back. Like it's just like there's always a guy that says the thing is in the back. It's in the back. And we named that character Bruce Gutter. Bruce and, Gutter. And so and he would recur from time to time. It's in the back. Yeah, it's yeah, but so Jonah's it's perfect. Yeah. It's so absolutely good. perfect. The guy in Plan 9 is an actor named Gregory Walcott, who actually had a pretty good career. Uh, if you looked him up online, you go, oh, yeah, I've seen that guy. He's in Sugarland Express, and, he, you know, and he's, in, he's in Ed Wood, too, and he has this great iconic line in, in Ed Wood where he goes, what role does Vampira play? <laughs> and he's just like, oh, that's, yeah, that's Gregory Walcott. She's standing right over there. Cut, we got it. Yeah, just one thank take. You, one take. That's Sorry. all you want? That's all we It's got. almost Gregory Peck. It's almost Gregory Peck. Yeah. Almost Gregory yeah. Peck. We used to do a room bit in The Simpsons of Gregory Peck auditioning for multiple Megs in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> we don't really want to star in the... Please, I'd like to read it. <laughs> well, we don't want to star... Please, can I just audition? I think I've, I think I've earned the right to audition. <laughs> All right, Mr. Peck. I can smell your cunt. <laughs> okay, thank you, Mr. Peck. Please, can I just have one... No. <laughs> Let me just take another crack at it. When do I throw my jizz? I can, I can smell your... No. Mr. No. Beck, that's a different character. You, you, you will never throw your jizz. Mr. You don't Beck, need you to... Never throw your I was flipper. I've already no. prepared no. it. No, no, I just went Sorry. to Arthur Treacher's and got two packs of tartar sauce. I was ready to give you as many takes as you need. You're going to use your tartar sauce? Just no, it gets me off. No, it makes me... It turns me on. Oh, what do you think? I when Dick it. Siemens told me he was going to start making tartar he's sauce, my, I said, that sounds like a bad idea. He's my investment broker. I love whale pussy. <laughs> Just bringing it back around. Just bringing it back God, around. Gotta bring it all the way around. Just bring it all the way around. <laughs> what sort of comedy stuff are you planning for Sketchfest this year? Could you say anything yet? Uh... Well, no. I mean, we we fuck. Yeah, sorry. We we release the lineup kind of all together in a couple weeks. Jesus, Uh, um, this is very south. And how many? But how many shows do you have? Uh, It'll be over two hundred. Over two hundred. And how many comedians do you book? Well, the people that we fly in and house, it is like three to four hundred, and then there will be you know another eight hundred of kind of up and comers that that will get themselves there to showcase that we'll put you know on shows for people. How do you make money? I mean, it's not much. But, it, but yeah, we lose love money. doing yeah, it. Lose, we don't, no. Yeah, we don't. No, it's like plan, it's like Plan Nine. It's like everybody gets a little bit of money. Yeah, and everybody's happy. Yeah, but you can't yeah. not do it. I mean, it's a we fucking institution, it. and yeah. it's the best. It is the best uh, comedy festival in the country Thanks. by a long shot. No, it and means the, a lot when you say that. That's really nice. And you know, the best thing about like the like for people like in the business, the three things that we're talking about, like Sketchfest, this podcast, Stand Against Evil. Uh, every one of them was just 
something that we started. Just because you know, you're like, I, I, I want to do, do something for myself. I was, I was writing on a sitcom uh, for, to make money because I was getting divorced and I needed money. And uh, I was writing on a show that I wasn't well suited to write for. And I basically spent a lot of my time in my office with the door shut. And I just thought I'm just going to write something that I can make digitally and make it seven minutes long. And I wrote this stupid thing about my dad fighting monsters and I was going to play my dad. And just do it for fun to make it work, to, to justify the time I was spending in this job I didn't belong in. And it ended up, for a lot of different permutations, becoming a show. Uh, Sketchfest is this thing that you started, and then it, it balloons into this thing. Same with uh, The Nerdist. And it's the best uh, uh, advice uh, that I tell people is things lead to things, mm-hmm. period. And Francis Ford Coppola said once, if, if you start at one end of town with a bass drum and you walk down the middle of the street, by the time you get to the other end of town, you will have a parade behind you. Yeah. But you have to start. Yeah. yeah, And that's really like people, you want to do something, you want to be a writer, great, start writing. You want to be an actor, write something and act in it. You want to yeah. be a producer, produce something and act in it. Right? Gregory Peck once said, please, I worked on this at home. <laughs> Let me just audition for it. Please. I've, if I can play Atticus Finch, I think I can play <laughs> multiple makes. <laughs> I also would like to play the guy in Escape from New York who has Donald Pleasant's finger. <laughs> well, they already made that movie, Mr. Pitt. Please. Make it... <laughs> If you if you try to if you try to rescue him, he dies. Yes, we've seen the movie. Please, I'm auditioning. You're auditioning for a movie that's that been made. Trying to get someone to listen to him. He's just please. I would like to play Quint. That movie has been made. It's in theaters. Look at your hands. You have city hands. Yes, been it's counting great. Money. It's great. Been counting money all your life. I just am here to take your order. I can't actually. When do we film? <laughs> <laughs> I can't do that. And he storms out. Are you, do you? Uh, where are you with JV Club podcast? Ah, uh, two sixty. That's crazy. Two sixty-two, something like that. Um, yeah, I love it. It's been so, so fun. It's been, uh, again, it's another thing that, you know, I was like, hey, Lou, do you have a podcast? And we were together at the time, and you were like, you should do, you should have a podcast. And I was like, no, I don't know. What am I going to bring to the table that isn't, a, you know, really, that's the other thing, right? You get bogged down in this idea of spending so much time looking around you uh, that you're like, well, whatever I'm going to do, it's probably already out there. Or, you know, why would I do it well if somebody else is, you know, and just to go like, well, we'll just find the thing. You gave me such great advice. You were just, you know, you're like, you'll know. And but like actually really think about it and and think about a thing that will be fun to you that you won't get tired of doing um, that maybe isn't out there. There's going to be some version because it's going to be you. It's not going to be anybody else, you know, and like own that. And I that I that absolutely was great advice. You know, I'm so glad to hear that because it really is. You always forget that you are because you don't have the proper perspective on yourself that the whole collection of cells and everything that you are is what the special packages because yeah. no one else has that yeah, collection yeah, yeah. of experiences and cells and everything and so it and so it's easy and it's the same with stand-up too where you go well, not, my life isn't that interesting like well just be yourself like be yeah. as much yourself as possible because the more yourself you are the less like anyone else you are yeah totally oh, and, wow, that's... And, and that's the yeah, look at you you buried that little uh, just buried that little pearl right in the middle yeah. right in the middle there but you're doing a hand gesture like it's a fingering that, thing, you buried that beautiful little pearl necklace right yeah. in there yeah. just look buried at you. it right in there look at you right look in there look at you just right in there and you're coming around the back just meaningful as it was I stop punching that person 
<laughs> but it, uh, but you've done his choke. But uh, but you've done such a great job, Barnes, and oh, I, and I'm so proud of how. Uh, I mean, it's exciting because when you know, I mean, I I always knew that you're like one of the funniest people I have ever met. But it's been so fun over the years to just see how much you've worked. And to see other people discover that—that's that's so much. It's been so much fun. Oh, that's great. You know, I I feel really I feel really lucky, and I feel really lucky and inspired to be around you know such an amazing community of people, and like to feel that was one of the main things that like like Dana and Jimmy Pardo and and Paul F were you know. I didn't like stand up. I only kind of liked a little bit of stand up when I moved here. And that was after I even had a comedy festival. It just sure. wasn't necessarily my thing. We don't and like David it either. Cross, yeah, but you know what I mean? I had an association with it that just it didn't feel me because yeah. I was so into sketch and improv right. and stuff. Um and and to be like on that stage last night, I don't take that for granted for a second. To be like, oh, I was invited to be a part of this thing that Lorraine Newman and Brian Posehn and Joan Ray and yeah. uh, Paul F. Tompkins Bronger and, and Bronger. People, yeah, yeah to, to, to feel like you have a place in that community, that's like the best feeling in the world. It really is. Yeah. Well, uh, people sure. just also should really understand, because I remember when we started dating, I had just gotten sober and you had just moved to L.A. Oh, yeah. And uh, so we were both... Just dealing with stuff, uh-huh. and he was, uh, was Mister and Mrs. Raw. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. We were, yeah. But, we were just raw. Yeah. That's where the passion. That's was, right. Man. That's right. But but also just for, uh, it's that it's always a, works. It's such a good it's such a good lesson for anyone because when you came to L.A., you uh, you know you just felt like I got nothing and I'm not I don't have any, no one is going to give a shit and I got nothing to show people and I don't get. And, you know, even as convinced as you were at the time that you weren't going to figure it out, you figured it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's, yeah. it, it was, if you could go back and tell that, that, you know, that woman, that young woman something, what would you say? I mean, I think I, I, I it's the, it's a total cliche. It's the whole get out of your own way kind of thing mm-hmm. that, you know, you just don't, don't spend time worrying that the future is going to look a way that you don't want it to because yeah, that's and, a complete and total waste of energy and do everything i i, I yeah. i've talked to people who have like like open micers that don't want to do something because they feel it might be off brand mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like what do you do just dude? fucking you yeah, know my, yeah. my nephew is 18 and he's just he just started college at ut and he was like i want to i want to do comedy and i go great and he goes could I perform at ID10T Festival this year? And I go, yeah, but you got to get on stage. Yeah. And so I've been sending <laughs> yeah. him notebooks and like giving him tips. And I love it because he's so voraciously consuming it. And I said, when I was in college, and I knew you when I was in college, we yes. had a comedy group that would meet once a week and help each other write material. It's where I met Mike Furman and mm-hmm. people like Steve Callahan. And uh, and you, we would run into you occasionally. And... He was like, well, I want to start my, I want to start. So I told them what we did and how we ran yeah. it. And, uh, and I say the same, the, the advice that I was given when I started, I go, but no matter, cause he texts me every once in a while and he goes, I'm having a hard time trying to understand how an audience is going to respond to someone. I go, well, you haven't been in front of an audience yet. Yeah, just do so it. I go, you have to get on stage a hundred times. Yeah. And you'll it's know. Just, it's just like parachuting or scooby. You know how you learn how to do it? By doing it. But I'm, the other way does not exist. I'm yeah. so excited for him to just because he's so excited about it. Yeah. And watching him kind of begin that journey is really, really fun because it is. It's heartbreaking, but fun and exciting and yeah. nerve wracking and all of those things. That must be hard, too, to be able to, you know, you have to let them 
go do it and know that, yeah, you're, you're going to have really great sets and then you're going to have sets where you just wish you were dead. I told him that I was like, but if you, but if in your mind, as much as you're beating yourself up in the car afterwards, if you go, but I got to get up tomorrow night, you got to do it again tomorrow night. Then you know you're, you're doing the right thing. Yeah. Yeah. I always imagine this, apparently the story of, uh, this may be apocryphal, but Jacob Dylan, Bob Dylan's son said Mm. like, Hey, I'm thinking, (laughs) I'm thinking of starting a band. (laughs) <laughs> and, his, and his dad invited him, well let's get out of the boxing gym let's right the, and it was just like like so I'm being a band huh <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah I think I can do what you do okay I hope his father gave him even that much attention <laughs> I think he did uh, I hope so I think he did yeah, they're all, all of his kids seem pretty well adjusted folks yeah, I never met Jacob when I worked at K Rock, and that's when the Wallflowers like really were yeah were cranking. Uh, but he seemed like a sweet guy. My friend does really. My friend was at Jess. My friend sat next to Bob at Jesse's wedding, and uh, he's a TV writer. And he said to Bob, he goes, "Bob, you must be very proud and happy. Your, your sons are great. Everybody loves them. They're really terrific people." And Bob doesn't want. He goes, "What do you do?" He goes, "I'm a TV writer." He goes, "What do you write on?" Well, right now I'm I'm writing a show called Fresh Prince of Bel Air, <laughs> and Bob did like clearly didn't know what to say. He goes, "Oh yeah, that's a good show." <laughs> he goes, "That's on all the time." <laughs> and then Bob Bill started going, "Now this is a story all about how my left got flipped turned upside down, and I'd like to take a minute and I'll tell you how or, I became the be Fresh Prince of Bel Air." <laughs> it'd be great if you started hip. Hop, hippity, hippity, hop, hop, the heavy, you don't stop to jam, damn the boogie. I think rap should still sound, my name is Bob, and I'm here to say. <laughs> I'm going to expand your mind in a remarkable way. <laughs> but I love that. I love this. Sandra, that's a good show. It's a good show. It's on all the time. That's really sweet. <laughs> that's, on all the time. that's the mark of a good that's show. You know. Let's put this on all Undeniable. the time. Let's just run it constantly. So standing against evil is is this will this will air but this will go up by the time Sam, Sam starts November first. Yeah, and it's on every Wednesday night at ten o'clock on IFC season two. Season two, yeah. It's uh, very happy. Janet and John McGinley fighting evil, fighting demons, fighting yep. demons, and it's not CG. It's dudes in suits. Oh, fantastic! Yeah, but we got a we got a dude on stilts wearing a dress over him, spitting vines hey, at people. I want to hear how the sauce is made. <laughs> <laughs> how do we get back to dolphins? <laughs> uh, there you do. There you do. <laughs> so they got the cloaca. Is that it? Is Cut that my, how it works? Uh, Cut my fin. Cut my fin. <laughs> say my name. <laughs> say, say my name. Say my name. Flipper, flipper. <laughs> I said, bitch, say my name. Flipper. <laughs> Look, it's all over you now. Can I put my ah. bottle nose in your butt just for like a minute? Yeah, wash, but you'll never be clean. <laughs> <laughs> you can shower, but you'll always stick like fish. <laughs> oh, Flipper, when did you become evil? Oh. Evil Flipper. Oh. There's your show. Yeah. Evil Flipper. Yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> uh, what, what Are you working on like nine things right now besides Sketchfest? Uh, yeah, I mean, well, I have an, I've got, I'm doing like an IFC streaming thing that I am writing now that I have to somehow shoot after Sketchfest. And then, um, we have this and then I think you're the worst is still on. It hasn't finished its season yet, but it's gotta be close. Um, and the podcast and Jamie club. Yeah. Those are, those are the main, those are the main things. And Dana, your special Mr. Funny Man is. It's uh, just an album. It's not just an album. Just an album. And it's available on iTunes. I would call that special. Amazon. Amazon. It's available on Amazon and iTunes. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I didn't. Um, 
I was, you know, you feel material has a, it gets ripe mm-hmm. and then it starts to rot. Yep. And we were, I was going to do a special and quite literally the dates fell apart for production reasons and we were getting ready to go to Atlanta and shoot. And I was like, I would have to have then stopped for three months and then gone back on the road and getting back in shape again. Dana Gould, you're a victim of your own success. I said, I don't have time. Let's just record it as an album. And <clears> it's yeah. on uh, Kill Rock Stars. I really, because it's a punk label, which I felt very at home on. And uh, it was great. I'm really happy, really proud of it. And uh, I really like working with those folks. What was your, I think of, there's a bit of yours that I think about sometimes. Well, there's a couple. The one is. <laughs> many, many you, not repeatable. <laughs> living, living, living above an erotic bakery. And oh, yeah. Feasting on day old chocolate cocks. An erotic uh, bakery named Caligula's Fist. <laughs> yep. Um, and then the other one is about was a bit of you explained to the audience why you adopted because your daughters are all adopted. Yeah. And it was it's such a beautiful. Well, explan- let me look, yeah. Well, let me look at the members of my family. Religious weirdo, gun nut, biker, boozer, dead tooth, too many cats. The guy who talks to his truck. Hmm. Maybe I adopted because genetically my balls are full of poison. <laughs> Weirdly, I remember you coming home from the improv and telling me about that bit. It wasn't the improv. I did see that at the improv. That's You were like, oh my God, Dana Gould said the greatest thing (laughs) about his balls. (laughs) I was like, goodbye. You're one of the people that made me feel like it was okay to, that there are ways to express eloquent filth absolutely yeah. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. I always, I always felt uh, bad absolutely yeah, I I just, bad. I'm just doing George Carlin I'm not, I'm not even pretending to be original about it oh, um, and, and then there's a thing you said at Largo once I don't want to say who you were referring to but it was an, there was another comedian that you <laughs> oh. referred to as not being funny and you go so and so's about as funny as coming home from a dead baby's funeral and seeing its toy box in the living room <laughs> <laughs> that one was like a fucking sucker punch and like that laughs from the Largo audience that night were like ah! like, and, that, just, like and that's rush of, that's a quote of my father's that's oh that's my god that's Stan, gotta, you gotta write it into the show Stan is my dad and my dad would say that guy's about as funny as a dead baby's toy box <laughs> He once said he. He's so crazy. I know. His dad is crazy. One time we were looking. I was just my dad's eighty-seven, you know, and we were just sitting in the kitchen looking at the Us magazine, and there was a it was a woman that was married to a little person, and my dad just looked at it and he goes, "Look at that asshole! Toe to toe, his nose is in it, and nose to nose, his toes is in it." <laughs> Jesus Christ! Your dad said that, and I said, "Did you? Did you? Is that yours?" He goes, well, "I just said it." What? <laughs> <laughs> Son, I'm a monster. Yeah. What don't you understand? I'm a horrible person. <laughs> yeah, uh, most of the funny "Don't crap an apple" is uh, something my dad said. Like a lot of yeah. standisms is just stuff my I hear my dad say. Jesus, yeah. man, right? And does he have any idea? Not even a little. Damn, not even a little. That's no nope. sad but freeing. Absolutely. Yeah. At the same time. Yeah, sad but freeing. Well put. Um, well, I'm glad you guys were here. Thanks for doing the yeah, show together. Thanks for having us. Congratulations. Really Congratulations yeah. on another uh, another season. Of- Thanks. Being Evie Barrett, and uh, I hope to, but I, I, I got to get you back on. I got to get you back on like one on one too, because you've right. never done the podcast one on one, which is a which is a crime. It's a totally different situation. It's a totally different experience. It's very painful. It's you're very you're very aggressive. You're, you're on the Goldfinger table, and the laser yeah. is moving That's slowly right. up That's between right. your legs. Miss Vonnie, yeah, bring it.
Boring act. Lovely to see you, Miss Bonnie. Lovely to see you. But it's great, and uh, and you know you're one of my favorite people, so I'm glad we're still friends, Me even too. after even after all these years. And yeah. Dana, you uh, very much inspired me as a comic uh, oh. from the earliest day because it just it was just <laughs> oh se- I'm seeing, so very old. Puppety corn. Seeing, seeing uh, my grandkids. Puppety corns. <laughs> I watched you when I was yeah, four. Exactly. No. Chris used to come and see my two reelers at the cinematograph. <laughs> He used to watch when I did the show with the display ape. <laughs> they just would display an ape. People would look at it. Of course, back then many people still had prehensile tails, and they'd flop out the back of their trousers. Of course, they weren't called trousers back then. No, no, no. They were called knee curtains. They were called. Le- they were called leg shirts. They were leg shirts, and then because we were also simians, we'd uh, jerk off with their feet. Yeah, Shinjanthropus man would come over. <laughs> That, of course, was uh, Australopithecus afrensis, you understand? Of course, back then, dick pics, you had to carve it into a stone and roll it down to the village Uh, down the hill. (laughs) We called them dick logs. You had to to, to carve out... And that's how you get the name Dick Boulder, a good friend of mine. Yeah, just in case you want to... And that's how the last name of Smith came to be. (laughs) Full circle. Water. 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 Enjoy your burrito. Okay, I know I just said enjoy your burrito, suggesting the end of the podcast, but it is a lie, because now I present to you the song that we referenced in the podcast, Fempire, featuring Janet Varney on bass and vocals, and Kit Pongetti on guitar and vocals, produced by Mike Furman around 2005 in Los Angeles. Here's Me and My Vagina on the Nerdist Podcast. Katie, play the thing. Math. 
And strike accountant off that list or feel my wrath Women are terrible with money Even worse, they're just not funny We lack the balls and muscle mass for the Marines And just forget the presidency Cause we show too much clemency Ask a woman if you don't know what that means So deal with me And my steaming cup of femininity Don't burn your tongue Cause me and my vagina are coming up behind you And my velvet lock don't need your wooden key So deal with me And my steaming cup of femininity Don't burn your tongue It's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This motherfucker lied like a liar like a liar and if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal or you love to hop in the Wayback machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes you should tune in to our podcast morbid follow morbid on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen to episodes early and ad free by joining wondery plus in the wondery app or on apple podcasts